I'm Benjamin Denton. I'm John Hinton. And we are absolutely thrilled to be coming at you live on this Wednesday afternoon. It's a beautiful day outside, and we're stoked to be coming at you on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation. We're talking sports. We're talking NC State. Keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest with the pack. Speaking of pack, we have a pack show today. We have a lot to talk about. John, how are you, and what's on the docket for today's show? I'm doing good, Benjamin. Well, for starters, at the end, we might talk some NFL storylines, uh, talk a little bit about the Panthers. We're going to definitely talk some soccer, men's and women's, of NC State. They've been on really hot streaks right oh, now. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk some NC State football with the game on Marshall last Saturday and the game against Furman coming up this Saturday. And, yeah. All right, well. We're going to start. We're going to kick this off talking about men's soccer. We had a couple of huge games last week. Well, we had two games, and of course, every game is huge. But we had a monumental upset earlier in the week that earned some honors for some Wolfpack soccer players. Goalie Leon Krapp was named ACC Defensive Player of the Week for his role, and the one to nothing shutout of third-ranked Clemson last week. He's not the only Wolfpack to be honored. Another Wolfpack soccer player was just recently honored today. Yeah, Manny Perez. He's a freshman, actually. We have an incredible freshman class with our NC State men's soccer team, both our goalie and one of our great strikers. Manny Perez, he scored his third goal in his many matches, finishing a tremendous through ball from another freshman, David Laura. I mean, we just looked good against Clemson, honestly. Like, one nothing. We didn't give up any goals. Friend of the show was there, told me it was absolutely, like, electric. There were five yellow cards and a red card. It was intense, yeah. Clemson, they tried to cheat at the end, but, I mean... Really? What what happened there? A uh, red card. I'm just making a joke. But, oh, oh, um, oh, I got it. Never mind. I missed yeah. it. Yeah, but uh, six yellow cards, actually, and a red card, so seven bookings. That's a lot for a soccer game. I, mean, I, would, I wish I had watched that game. By the way, the games are free to students. Bring your student ID. They are on campus. This week, the Wolfpack is on the road versus uh, the men's team is on the road versus number two Notre Dame, so you won't be able to watch them on campus this week. We will let you know when they are playing at home again. They will be on ACC Network Extra if you have watched ESPN, so you can always tune in, support the pack that way. If I had that, I would definitely tune in. <laughs> so Perez was named to the national uh, first team for the week. Like, uh, I guess first team All-America, and apparently in soccer they do this every week. Football, it's... It's pretty much like ACC Player of the Week, uh, Passer of the Week, Running Back of the Week. They do stuff like that. So that's a pretty big honor. I mean, considering he's a freshman already leading the team in an upset over a top five team in the country. That's speaking of and that propelled the Wolfpack men's soccer into the rankings for the first time this year. They are checking in at number eighteen in the top twenty-five again with that matchup coming up on Friday versus number two Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, if we beat Notre Dame. On Friday, that's going to be another incredible, all right, call it an upset, but I mean, if we beat Notre Dame at that point, I think we need to be um, recognized as one of the top teams in the country. After all, we beat Clemson for the first time since 2014, Mm -hmm. and it was our first time beating, actually, no, we beat Clemson for the first time since 2008. It was our first time beating a a top 10 ranked team since 2014. Yeah, so if you're ever disappointed in football, which they didn't disappoint us, this week, but if you're ever disappointed in the football or basketball programs, tune into those non-revenue sports. I am telling you, we are really good. We're in some preseason rankings with cross-country. We got some men's tennis we're going to talk about a little bit later. One of our players is in the rankings there. 
Uh, in addition to the one to zero defeat of Clemson, we uh, beat Longwood two to one earlier this week, and Perez scored versus Longwood again, which contributed to his national first team acknowledgement. The goalie was Defensive Player of the Week in the ACC. Actually, he didn't score. Perez did not score in the Longwood game. There was two goals by junior forward Tanner Roberts, and that propelled the Wolfpack to a 2-1 win. But the men's soccer are not the only ones that are absolutely killing it out there on the pitch. Uh, yeah, our women's soccer team, they're ranked 25th in the latest poll. A little step down. They um, had a setback last week. Versus but, Princeton. Yeah, but they um, they won 5 to nothing at Elon, like we talked about last week. Um they won two to one against East Carolina and also won four nothing against Davidson down in Charlotte. Uh, Ziara King, she's a sophomore. She's from New Jersey. She's been absolutely incredible this season. Um, she's tallied six goals through seven contests and leads the conference with sixteen points. Which she's incredible on the offensive end. She's basically half of our offense. Interestingly enough, she scored six goals. Or yeah, six goals in seven games. The one game that we lost was a two to nothing loss to Princeton, since we didn't score any goals. Miss King didn't score any goals, so one could say that the Wolfpack go as Ziara King goes. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, when you rely on somebody, and not saying we don't have other players who can score, but really when you good. rely on mm-hmm. one player to score you a goal, it's um, it's it's nice to always have that fallback option, but it's also something that you want to you want to spread distribution of the goals just a little bit. Yeah, and to... that's what we did versus Davidson in a 4-0 defeat. Uh, Kia Rankin scored in the third minute. Ziara King piled on again in the seventh. And then Rachel Cox scored the next, last two goals later in the game to solidify that 4 to nothing win. Wolfpack Women's Soccer opens ACC play this Friday versus a top-five Virginia squad. Uh, yeah, going in at 6-1, and one, um, nationally ranked, like we said, at number 25. Um, it should be a good game against Virginia. I expect um, a good game, if not a Wolfpack win. But I will be in attendance for that. I am making plans with some friends to go see that game. I am absolutely stoked to see that. should be a lot of fun. Friday night, if you got nothing to do. Actually, no, even if you have something to do, go out and support the, support the Wolfpack. It's free for students, and it's not that expensive for non-students. So. This 6-1 to one start is the best start for a women's soccer since 2011, and the, uh, the loss dropped Davidson to 1-6. Also notable about the 6-1 and one record, um, the Wolfpack, they have had four shutouts this year. Whoa, Yeah, four, four shutouts. Goodness so gracious. Our goalkeeping, our defending has been just as good as our offense has been. It's been stellar, and uh, I think NC State is tied for the ACC lead with the most goals in the year. So we're getting it done on both sides of the field in soccer, which is really amazing. Now, Wolfpack soccer has been good all year, as we're ranked. And the volleyball had a little bit of a slow start, but i got to give you credit, John. You did not lose faith in our pack volleyball players. Absolutely not. I, I knew that our volleyball squad was a lot better than their record showed. They started out 0-5, but every team that they lost to was ranked in the um, the national poll, which in volleyball actually ranks 50 teams instead of the normal 25 in uh, bigger sports. But still, that's um, they had one of the toughest strength of schedules in the nation to start out, and mm-hmm. they've won their last mm-hmm. three games. Uh, UNCW, High Point, and LIU Brooklyn, I don't even think they dropped a set. Did not drop a set in that tournament over in High Point. They are playing a tournament this weekend. 
up in Michigan. So you will not get to watch them this weekend, but we will keep you posted on when they are playing here at home. Also, for that information, follow us on Twitter. We are keeping you up to date with this stuff at NC uh, at Packers Life NCSU on Twitter. So give us a follow. We'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, yeah, our volleyball offense, uh, continuing talking about volleyball, mm-hmm. we're at the top of the ACC and NCAA this season. Um, we're second in the ACC and 41st nationally, uh, nationally in team attacking percentage. I'm assuming that's, I don't know, I'm not a volleyball extraordinaire, but that has something to do with scoring is what I'm going to go with. I'm guessing like a, a, the chance of a given set to score is that sounds about That's right. That's about right. Basically what it is. Every time um, you get a kill or a spike, as non-volleyball players would call it, um, that's the percentage of times that it's scoring a point. So that's almost a quarter of the, the returns um, from a serve or just from another um, kill are scoring points. So That's pretty fantastic. And mm-hmm. because of those stats and the three to nothing like wins this weekend, not dropping a set, NC State finds themselves in the rankings at 45th. Now you mentioned kills just a second ago. That was a pretty big milestone for one of our Wolfpack players. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, our senior, Julia Brown, um, she became the 11th player in the history of NC State Volleyball to reach 1,000 career kills. Now, that is incredible, considering this weekend uh, she racked up 22 kills in one specific match. That was insane. But even that's an extraordinary game. If you do the math, it takes 50 games of getting 20 kills, or 50 matches getting 20 kills to get to 1,000. So she's been doing this well. She's been doing it for a long time. Uh, we're so glad to have her as our senior, and we're hoping that we can put together a great run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and with the volleyball, they have these tournaments at different universities, and so they have these all-tournament honors, and two Wolfpack volleyball players were honored with all-tournament selections. There was Julia Brown and then Bree Bailey were named to the High Point all-tournament team following their performances in NC State's three wins. Yeah, so, they combined to record 50 kills in the two matches at High Point, which is just a lot of kills for two players, honestly. In sports, I really like that term. That's not really, uh, like, that's not a scoring term in basketball or soccer or football. Kill. The fact that you have a sport, that's like, oh, how many kills did you get? Yeah. Right? I got 22 kills, man. Yeah. <laughs> kill streak. That is, that is really, uh, I'll just say really bad with a lot of A's is what I can say on the radio. <laughs> but men's tennis, I uh, mentioned that before. NC State's Alexis Galanu and Michael Ogden have earned spots in the Oracle ITA Division I men's collegiate tennis rankings as announced Tuesday by the ITA. Uh, yeah, we um, have a... Pretty good tennis team, honestly. Pretty good men's, men's tennis team. Um, this is the preseason right now. The season hasn't started yet. Right. Um, on the doubles list, those two, um, they actually are ranked a career-high number 14 in the country. And there are four other ACC teams in the top 15. Goodness so gracious. five out of the top 15 doubles teams in the country are in the ACC. So that's some pretty good competition for our men's tennis team. And Alexis, he's ranked number 43rd in the country just as a singles player. So that's really cool that we are we are really good at so many different sports, and most people just talk about football and basketball, and you get all down in the dumps because we're not great at those, but it's different this year. We're going to be amazing this year because Packers Life Sports Show is here to talk about it. One thing about tennis um, is even if you're ranked number 43 or even if you're unranked, you can still win major tournaments because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always upsets. It's not like... You know, um, 
LIU Brooklyn in football is going to beat Alabama. But any unranked tennis player is good enough to beat the number yeah, one tennis player. You see that on the professional circuit. There's always a lot of upsets. Of course, oh, yeah. anytime Serena Williams loses, it's an upset. I mean, look at Sloane Stevens winning the U.S. Open. Yeah, she went from unranked uh, two years ago to winning the U.S. Open, becoming the 17th ranked player in the world. Of course, Serena Williams was out. But still, uh, the one of the first mm-hmm. Americans that is not Venus or Serena Williams to win the U.S. Open in a long time. That was really impressive. And she too. was like unranked, so she didn't make a lot of money, and she got like a $3.7 million like check. Just saw like, that, yeah. At the end of the game, I, 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 it was made into a meme is when I saw it. And I'm just like, to get that much money all at one time, like we see it all, like the Pro Bowl, they have these bonuses for players when they win, but like this, this lady was unranked, and she just came out of nowhere, and like in one day, like in a week in a tournament, she's $3.7 million richer. Plus, marketing, man, she's going to get some deals probably like with shoe companies or Nike or something like that. Oh, if, sure. If she's yeah. on the rise, this made her a lot of money. But that was about tennis. Back to NC State. This is just a note, but uh, PAC Wrestling was in the news again. There is a tournament that is scheduled in 2018 in January versus Oklahoma State. Now, this just this isn't just any tournament, John. Right, yeah, it's the first NCAA match overseas ever, and it's going to involve the Wolfpack, so that's pretty impressive. We're just breaking barriers. We are historic. Yeah, I mean, our wrestling team is pretty good. We have a nationally ranked uh, wrestler on the team from Poland, and but just to have the first international game, it really shows the the global like footprint that the Wolfpack have, not only in academia, but also in athletics. Yeah, think and do, man, think and do. Think and do. Speaking of historically, that brings me to our trivia question. John, what is this week's weekly trivia question? Well, I'm sure everybody knows about the Cardiac Pack and 1983 championship team, but our trivia question for this week is, who had the game-winning basket in the 1983 championship against Phi Slamma Jamma, or as we know them, Houston University? So again, who had the game-winning basket in the 1983 championship? Man, we are making this stuff really difficult. I'm telling you. But if you know the answer, hit us up on Twitter, at PackersLifeNCSU. We played Marshall this week, this past Saturday, and it turned out a lot better than the South Carolina game. We won 37-20, to so the W is always nice, always nice. Started off slow. Marshall had a 20-10 to lead. That second quarter rolled around. And things started changing for the pack. Yeah. Well, we started out and we were down, I think, 20 to 10 yep. at one point mm-hmm. in the second quarter. And I honestly was fed up. I really was. I was looking at that receiver, Brady. I think he had over oh, 200 my. yards. He had almost 300 yards versus us. He was looking like Randy Moss out Julio there, Jones, who also went, to, also went to Marshall. That's nice. why I said Randy know Moss. That. Yeah, Randy Moss went to Marshall. But Brady was out there. And, I mean, Austin was covering him. He was doing the best he could, but I saw zero safety help coming across on those deep routes, on those curl routes. Honestly, if you leave your cornerback out to dry like that, you you can't expect a receiver who's 6'4 to not get those touches and get those receiving yards. And I didn't have a clock, but that guy looked like a 4'4 runner right there. I, that He was really, really good. I was in the student section, and we were giving the Marshall players, I don't know if they can hear us, but it makes me feel better. I'm a pretty loud heckler. I was yelling at them pretty much the entire game. But, you know, kudos to them. They played a little out of their league, a Conference USA opponent. Well, they did. Yeah, they beat the line. I mean, we were favored by 25 points, and we ended up winning by 17. 
We outscored them uh, 20 to 10 in the second quarter. That was basically the turning point when we got the touchdown to Harmon at the end of the half. Finished the game on a 27 to nothing run after trailing 20 to 10. Yeah, and I feel like, um, I mean, I was watching, like I was saying, I was watching Brady get catches. I were I wasn't seeing any defensive adjustments mm-hmm. from head coach Dave Doran or our defensive coordinator, and that really ticked me off as as a fan. Honestly, I was watching the same yep. defensive schemes not working until someone finally said, "Hey, we're down twenty to ten to a team we should be beating by thirty points." Let's play some defense. You know, let's change things up. And, you know, it's not all on the defense. We did on the and first half. it's not half, all on the coaching staff. I mean, Marshall mm-hmm. played well. Yeah. Yeah, the players have to execute. No doubt, yeah. And there wasn't a lot of pass rush on Litton, the quarterback for Marshall, until, like, that second quarter. And in the second half, obviously, Marshall didn't score. Well, they did. No, shut out in the second, second half. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was shut thinking 10 points half. for NC State. But, no, it was 23-20 to 20 after we... Missed another extra point. It's okay. It's okay. A win's a win. Now, I was there. You should have heard the student section cheer. We cheered louder for his next extra point that he made more than we did for the touchdown. I don't remember what touchdown it was, but when Carson Wise went to kick the extra point, bless his heart, we really (laughs) cheered for that extra point. Like, there's nothing like a little bit of uncertainty that really makes you grateful for what you should already get. Like, 99% of the time, it's the point after the touchdown. Well, I mean, I think I think Carson Wise is going to have a good season. I mean, we're definitely going to be wow. better than last season. But, I mean, a few extra points, it's better to get them out of the way early. Like, that you know, that is definitely the mindset to have. So, I mean, I was just more worried about the way the defense played in the first half. The, in the second half, obviously, we shut them out. I mean, they had 450 yards of offense, which you're, you shouldn't give up, really, to a Conference mm-hmm. USA team at home. When the defense was so vaunted in the preseason. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we were hyped up. The way that people were talking about our defense, I was expecting us to win this game 45-3, to which, I mean, thankfully, we have a solid offense and a very, very solid quarterback. You want to talk about that, Benjamin? Yeah, we're going to talk about him in a a little bit, but we we looked at some of the stats last, (laughs) last week versus South Carolina, and we essentially doubled South Carolina in just about everything. Still managed to lose that game through mostly our own mistakes. This week versus Marshall is a completely different story. I'm looking at time of possession, 30-57 for the Wolfpack, 29-03 for Marshall. That is like almost dead even in time of possession, and there are some other stats to look at too. Uh, Yeah, I mean, NC State only outgained Marshall by 30 total yards on offense. I mean, 485 yards of offense, Mm -hmm. that's really good. But giving up 450, I mean, it's, it's just interesting to me how this time we doubled the score but the numbers were about even. And another, that, another interesting stat, sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, no but, worries. Um, Marshall was 40% on third down, 6 for 15, and we were only 30%. We went 3 for 10. Yeah, I, ju- I was just looking at literally about to say that myself. That is, that is, That surprised me a little bit, except now that I think back when I was watching the game, we didn't do a great job about uh, getting Marshall off the field when they were facing those third downs. Right. Uh, still, except in the second half, of course. And a lot of people left early once the game got out of the way, and I really, really hate to admit I was one of those people, but it wasn't my fault. Our My ride wanted to leave. Okay. One of okay. my good friends. Okay. He wanted to leave <laughs> so that we could get back earlier, and we've been standing the whole game. I normally stay for the whole game. I'm just saying. I, I do want to shout out our rushing game, though, because we rushed for 144 yards. I mean, Naheem mm-hmm. Hines and Gillespie 
Like we had two touchdowns. Yeah, he had two touchdowns. We got some good backs. I mean, really, our offensive line was putting in work even after the loss of Joe Tooney, who's doing work right now for the Patriots. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the pack and the pros later in the show. But yeah, I think our our rushing game really has picked off where it was last year, even through the loss of Matt Days. I mean, I'm really excited to see um, a good rushing game paired. I mean, we saw it this weekend. But a good I'll rushing game. I'll say it was game. decent this weekend. Decent. It's not. It's not where I think it should be. Four yards of carry. Four and a half yards of carry versus That's, Conference USA. I, I'm not. I don't like that a lot. I'd love to see what we could do against Clemson's defense if our rushing game is um, firing on all cylinders and Finley's playing the way that he's been playing. Yeah, Finley has been playing amazing. Lights out. Lights now, out. I said before the season that I really wanted him to be an All ACC caliber player. At this point in the season. Finley has been the second-best quarterback in the ACC, second only to Lamar Jackson of Louisville, who was doing the world of service on Saturday. Uh, like, just himself? Just just a shout-out for that other school down there? Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw a really funny video of uh, one of the Carolina defenders. I forgot his name, but he yeah. was— uh, They asked him how many How are they going to stop how Jackson? They, yeah, how are they going to stop Lamar Jackson? And he was like— uh, he said something, and then he backtracked and said he's not going to get anything against us. I think he had six touchdowns and 500 over 500 yards. yards just yeah. himself. He's amazing, man. I mean, I really think he's going to repeat his Heisman. They might not win the ACC. They might not even get to the ACC championship. But just Lamar Jackson is unreal. So when we compare Ryan Finley to Lamar Jackson, it's not like it's saying a lot when he's second in the ACC. I look at that as okay, he's the best. He's the best quarterback in the ACC because Lamar Jackson's in a whole nother league well, at this point. I'll say this. I think Finley has a lot better potential at the next level than Lamar Jackson does because Lamar Jackson is he's got not, better size. Yeah. Well, Jackson's not great at throwing the ball. He's good. He's just not up to where he is at running the ball and running that offense for Louisville. He did have a good throw versus that other school. But, again, I don't really see him as an NFL quarterback, maybe a Terrell Pryor type of guy. And I think – like from what I've Braxton seen from Miller kind of yeah yeah, yeah Braxton mm-hmm. Miller from what I've seen from Finley I really I'm starting to like his potential more coming into the year I thought maybe he's a guy that has like Percet maybe he has a good year and somebody takes a flyer on him of course when that guy taking a flyer on you is Bill Belichick that made me feel so much better about Percet and he's probably going to be starting this week he is starting yeah he's been named the starter for the Colts yeah so. he had uh, we'll talk a little bit about him what he did in the fourth quarter of that absolute thrashing they took at the hands of the <laughs> Los Angeles Rams and Todd Gurley, North Carolina pro, uh, product. But we're talking about Finley and Lamar Jackson. This season, they are the only quarterbacks to throw for 700 yards in the first two games. Finley's the first NC State quarterback to throw for over 300 yards in each of the first two games since Phillips Rivers in 2003. And conveniently enough, he's attempted exactly 100 passes and completed 74 of them. Hey, that... Can you do that math, Benjamin? What's his completion percentage? I think percentage? it's around 74%. I think you're right, yeah. But don't ask too much. I'm a chess major over here. That's an incredible completion percentage, to honestly. To throw for that many yards and have that many uh, that good of a percentage. That's like Aaron Rodgers' prime. And obviously, I mean, Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. But still, I mean, just looking at the numbers, that there's no better model of efficiency for a quarterback than completion percentage. Uh, yeah, I guess you could look more efficiency? into Efficiency? Yes, efficiency. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily an indicator of great quarterbacks because Alex Smith has a great completion percentage. And I, well, he's and played look what re- he did. Yeah, he, he played Bradford a really good too. game. Look what he did. Okay, well, those guys aren't doing it in the playoffs. They but will. back to Finley. He's one of only two quarterbacks in the nation to attempt 100 
passes and not throw an interception. The other quarterback being Duke transfer, Kirk Benkirk. Well, I don't know. Wow. If he's, Duke, wow. But he's at Virginia right now. Oh, okay. He I don't know why. It, ECU. I think that's what it was. It was an ECU transfer. He's not from Duke because they're, okay. they're in the same conference. He couldn't transfer. So ECU transfer, Kirk Benkirk on Virginia is the only other player in the nation to attempt 100 passes and not throw interceptions. That's reminding me of Russell Wilson. I mean, I remember, obviously, he went to Wisconsin, but I remember he had one year, I think he had 260-something straight passes without an interception. Like, I think that's the school record still. I think Finley could do it. I really think he could break that record. He's making good decisions. He's he's not even getting sacked, really. He's just, yeah. yeah. And going into the year, the defense was really, really, really hyped up by us as well and it was expected the defense would carry this team and Finley just wouldn't mess things up I think it's the other way around yeah now. right yeah, now it really is Finley is carrying this team and the defense has been playing okay not amazing but they haven't played faced great offenses yet luckily this week we're playing Furman an FCS school which is already 0-2 with losses to Wofford and Elon I'm looking, if we don't get 200 yards rushing I'm on looking this team, for every player on the roster to get in the game against Furman. Yeah. Just about every player. Yeah, I mean, it should, should be that kind of game. Like, I mean, obviously, that's hard to predict, but it should be that kind of game. That's FCS what I'm opponent, we need 200 yards rushing. The running game has not <laughs> been up to par this year. We can't, Finley can throw. He can throw quite well. He can throw deep. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, Joe Giglio of the News and Observer, shout out. Talked about uh, Finley was four or five for 115 yards and two touchdown passes on uh, passes of 20 plus yards. So you look at that completion percentage and you're going 74%. Hmm, he's just dumping it off to the tailback nope, and slot nope. receiver. This yeah. guy's been winging it down the sidelines to none other than Kelvin Harmon. Yeah, our receivers have been doing work and Kelvin Harmon has been a, uh, I mean, surprising bright spot, honestly. He had nine catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. That's. I mean, he's putting up numbers. He's he, done it in both games, mm-hmm. honestly. He's second in the ACC in yardage, right ahead of Jalen Samuel, who's third. I'm going to go ahead and say, like, you have a couple of I told you so's from last week, correctly picking the Chiefs yeah, you to did. win. You said Harmon was going to have a good Harman game. I said Harmon was going to really have did. a huge year. I really like this guy. He was really efficient last year as a freshman. That's an NFL receiver right there. Uh, Riley had a couple of good catches. He's a freshman. Myers is a sophomore. We still have Stephon Lewis. He had a good game. We have weapons, and Naheem Hines, can. he's like the Christian McCaffrey of NC State. He's a lot like Curtis Samuel also from Ohio State, the Panthers draft pick. He can and we're going to talk a little bit about wide receiver. We're going to talk a little bit about Samuel, too, when we talk about the Panthers, because I, I want to ask your input on him so far. Okay. But Furman is, ha- I mean, Harmon is having a record year right now, over 200, and he's having some of the best starts to a season since Jericho Cartree and uh, Hall of Famer Torrey Holt. So we're looking for those guys to really take care of business versus Furman. And I need my 200 yards rushing because this is an FCS opponent. If we're going to have a chance versus teams like Clemson and Florida State, minus their starting quarterback, we need to be able to run the ball. We can't just throw Finley back there because the protection has been okay. It's not mm-hmm. been amazing. Finley hasn't been tattooed in the backfield, but you know he doesn't have a world of time to go downfield all the time. Now, what's your What's your honest prediction of the rushing yards next week? I mean, I know you want two hundred. What do you think that th- we're gonna get? You know, you know me by now. I'm always picking with my heart in like yeah. everything. That's why I'm always like the Panthers. They went uh, six and eight last year. I went six and eight predicting six their games. Ten. Six and ten. Yeah, my bad. I, that's my record. I always picked the Panthers. I always picked the Panthers to win. I think that we will get over 200 yards 
rushing on Furman. Dadgummit, we better get over 200 yards rushing on Furman because otherwise we're not going to have a great chance versus Florida State. And the defensive line has underwhelmed, but Bradley Chubb is not one of those to underwhelm. He's leading the ACC or near the leaderboard in tackles for a loss. He had the only sack of the Marshall quarterback. Uh, Arius Moore also got, speaking of uh, Wolfpack players that had good games, Pro Football Focus uh, rates these guys on their stats and watches all the tape. And uh, NC State had three football players in the like team of the week for the ACC. Uh, they had Harmon. They had Arius Moore, the linebacker, who had 16 tackles and one interception. And uh, they had offensive an offensive lineman as well. Get that nod, Tyler Jones. Speaking of offensive linemen, we are getting a couple of players back, uh, possibly versus Furman. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, we're going to get starting tackle Will Richardson back and also cornerback Mike Stevens. As you know, Mike Stevens was, or as you may know, uh, he was injured and missed the first two games mm-hmm. of the season. Uh, Richardson is coming back from a two-game suspension. That's really going to help in the pass protection as we get into ACC play, as well as um, our secondary. Yeah, it's 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 been underwhelming. It's not been great. And I talked about we talked about this a little bit before the season started about missing uh, missing Stevens because he led the defense in uh, plays on the field last season. He's been a really good cornerback for us. We're getting him back, but he's not going to be 100%. He only had one practice last week, so he's going to be he's probably going to have a snap count versus Furman. Luckily enough for us, it's Furman, so we should be fine. Get that 200 yards rushing. But still talking about NC State, we talked about how we're going to keep you up to date about what our guys are doing in the NFL. So this past week, uh, 13 Wolfpack players played in an NFL game, including four quarterbacks. QBU, John. Uh, what what happened with some of the uh, NC State players last week? Uh, well, I just think it's remarkable, honestly, that we have one eighth of the quarterbacks call NC State there. Mm-hmm. Okay, alma mater. Russell Wilson calls Wisconsin as alma mater, but whatever. Honestly, we, you everyone that's listened to the show knows how we both feel about that. Yeah, but enough about that. Um, Philip Rivers, obviously the best quarterback in NFL history. What? I'm okay. joking. Okay, <laughs> you got. You, you're a hom- you're a homer sometimes, so I don't know when you're joking. Or I think not. Philip Rivers is one of the most underrated and I underappreciated. Can go with that. I can go with that. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Should have had a couple Super Bowls if it wasn't for better coaching. But enough about that. Um, yeah, the Chargers they got off to a slow start and they lost a close game again, uh, getting a field goal blocked that would have sent it into overtime against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Mike Glennon had a really good game. Uh, he got the start against Atlanta, beating out Trubisky in the preseason quarterback battle. But um, he threw a touchdown to Tariq Cohen with a little over seven minutes to go. Uh, got him within three points. An NCA and product, by the way. I'm always looking to shout out North Carolina products. Cohen was a fourth-round pick. He's having a great year so far. Continue. Uh, yeah, but um, honestly, the Bears had a chance to win the game, and Jordan Howard and Josh Bellamy literally dropped touchdown catches. Uh, I mean, there's not much more you can ask your quarterback to do than put it right in your hands. So... Outside of the loss, uh, Mike Glennon had a great game against the defending NFC champions. Uh, Russell Wilson had a rough, rough Sunday uh, playing the Packers. His offensive line really failed him, honestly. Uh, he went 9 for 17, only got 17 passes off. Really? Yeah. I, I wasn't able to watch that game. He got sacked a lot. Uh, they just didn't have a lot of offense, honestly. They got um, three of their points was from an interception that uh, got them down to the red zone. Mm-hmm. So they really just didn't have that much offense. But, I mean, I, I see him bouncing back this week. 
Uh, lastly, Jacoby Brissett, he was playing for the Patriots, got traded to the Colts after there was some news that Andrew Luck might not be back for a long, long time. And that's not all. He uh, he was in danger of being cut because the Patriots were only going to keep two quarterbacks. Yes. So Bill Belichick just went there for the fourth preseason game, and he's like, all right, go out there and play and make me yeah, some money. No. And Brissett had no. five touchdowns. <laughs> Played the full game, and the next thing you know, the Colts are like, "Here's a former first round wide receiver. We'll take your third string quarterback. You were going to cut anyway." And so, <laughs> Prasett played in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, he had the best drive out of all the Colts drives, which is um, not saying a ton <laughs> because I mean they got walloped by a not that good Rams team. Hey, 46 you know, to Tol- nine. Scott Tolzien threw a touchdown pass. Yeah, two to the other team. <laughs> two to the other team. But hey, a um, touchdown is a touchdown, man. It was seven, uh, six points. Uh, yeah, Brissett threw a 50-yard pass, and, um, uh, I mean, they scored a touchdown on that drive. It was um, it was 49-3. But, I mean, Brissett's going to get the start this week against a Cardinals team missing David Johnson. I'm looking for the Colts to have a little bit more offense, and maybe we'll see uh, some of the magic that he showed us in college. I'm sure everyone remembers that play where he somehow stayed on his feet against Florida State for that touchdown I'm pass. My head. Yeah, that yeah. was that was... Some kibbles for thought going with our K-9 theme here. What would be amazing is if Jacoby Prissett just Tom Brady to Andrew Luck. He comes in, a Bill Belichick pick that was that was a not wow. heralded, yes. heralded hmm. and he comes in, and let's say Prissett, like just totally takes away the Colts, and Andrew Luck could be without a team. You Andrew know, Luck hasn't done anything to make me not like him, except that he's been most overhyped and overrated quarterback. You know, I'm going to defend Andrew Luck a little bit. Um, he's had one hmm. of the... Worst offensive lines mm-hmm. in history. I mean, you look at that team. Obviously, when they when they drafted Luck the season before, they played without Peyton Manning. But even when they had Peyton Manning, he was the only reason they ever won games. I think the same is true when they have Andrew Luck right now. He just can't stay injured. I mean, he's one of the toughest guys in the NFL. He played against the Panthers last year with a lacerated kidney. But, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. If Luck can't stay healthy, he might not have a place in the NFL. I'd love to see... Brissett, uh, get a starting job somewhere. I just would like to see him on a team better than Indianapolis. I'll I'll go with that. And another reason you inspired me to remember this, Luck, he skipped. He stayed in school to go on the Colts and not it might go. it might be a little bit of karma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you skip out on the Panthers and Cam Newton's had one of the worst offensive lines for his career, and he still does great. Other Wolfpack players of note in the NFL: Willie Johnson had a tackle for the Bears. Cornerback Dante Johnson had a tackle. For the 49ers against the Panthers, cornerback uh, David Amerson had two tackles in the Raiders, 26-16 victory over the Titans. And cornerback Justin Burris, I think he's a rookie, picked up his first interception of his career against Bills quarterback Tyra Taylor nice. in the end zone and returned it 48 yards. Kicker Steven Hauschka, uh, former Seahawk and former Wolfpacker, is on Buffalo Bills. He missed his 46-yard field goal, and he made all three of his PATs. Safety Josh Jones had his first tackle of his career. And running back Matt Days played 13 snaps for the Browns, rushed three times for seven yards, and caught two passes for nine yards. And J.R. Sweezy, former defensive tackle turned offensive lineman for the Seahawks, um, is was not playing because the Bucks Dolphins game got canceled. He now plays for the Bucks. Um, I think we're going to be seeing more of Matt Days. Like you said, he he played 13 snaps. I think Duke Johnson um, had a slight hamstring tweak on mm-hmm. Sunday. And, I mean, he might be a little limited, so we might see um, Matt Days uh, getting some quality minutes for the Browns. Yeah, another Wolfpack guy that should just get the starting job through the magic of the cardiac pack who we were talking about. 
Uh, we're going to talk some Panthers football coming up really shortly. But John points out, we have so much to talk about today. We might not have time for it. So we're going to talk. We're going to get our uh, fantasy picks and our uh, lock and upset of the week in right now and then talk Panthers and possibly a little bit of some NBA and Charlotte Hornets and maybe some fantasy storylines. So starting right now, John, we're going to do our our fantasy picks. So every we're going to do this every week. John and I will each give you a guy that, as the gospel truth, you absolutely must start this week. And he, we'll try to make him, Don't we're not going to tell you start Julio Jones because you start him every week. So this week, John, who is the must start for you? Uh, my must start is Stephon Diggs. And I mean, mm-hmm. we saw him um, against the Saints on Monday night. Uh, he had two touchdowns. Uh, Really surprising performance from the Vikings overall. But, I mean, he had a great game. And those touchdowns, they were not uh, really long touchdowns like we've been accustomed to seeing him score. But um, going up against Pittsburgh, uh, they allowed a lot of points to Corey Coleman. I'm going to say start Stephon Diggs again this week. Now, I have my must start, but i got to give you props. Uh, Last week you told the listeners, start Kareem Hunt. Oh, yeah. And the dude had over 40 points, depending on how your scoring settings are in your fantasy league. He's a stud. He's a stud. Dude, you you friggin' called it the entire preseason. What's your must-start this week, Benjamin? My must-start this week isn't a sleeper per se, but I'm telling you, you have to start Todd Gurley this week. Well, that's good. He's on my team. What? Okay, well, I'm not playing (laughs) you this week, so I'm cool with that. I didn't do so hot last week, but we won't talk about it. Um, So I'm saying you have to start Todd Gurley. That's the gospel truth. It's objective and unbiased. John, who is your... Bench him, sit him, don't play him this week. Uh, I'm going to say Jordan Reed, honestly. Yeah, Jordan Reed, he had five catches on Sunday, but only 36 yards against the Eagles. The Rams actually give up an average of four points, four fantasy points to opposing tight ends uh, last season and uh, counting the first game this season. So I'm going to say it's a tough matchup. He's still pretty injured. He's got a banged up uh, right big toe. That's that can really bother your your running and just your concentration as a whole. So I'm going to say sit Jordan Reed this week. All right. Well, you did your research. I too have done my research, John, and the football gods have informed me that you have to sit Leonard Fournette this week. Mm. He had a great start to the season. Who are they playing? They are playing the Tennessee Titans. Now here's my analysis. Okay. The Tennessee Titans were in the top five about not allowing points to running backs last season. Uh, Fournette had a great week because they were spanking a team with no offense in Houston. That's not the case with Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. You run the ball when you're ahead. You throw the ball when you're behind. When you're playing against Marcus Mariota and you're Jacksonville, you're going to be behind and you're not going to be giving it to Leonard Fournette as much. I think he's going to underwhelm this week. I agree with you in that sense, but I think Fournette's going to be a target in the passing game. So I'm going I'm to disagree with you. you have to sit him. But... As what I'm saying, John, completely unbiased. So, Picks this week. Shout out to you again, expert John, for picking the Chiefs to beat the Patriots. I didn't want to admit to it, but you were right. The Chiefs won. I also picked the Steelers to beat the Browns as my lock. So. But you almost lost that. 2-0. and uh, Yeah, the Browns played a great game. But, um, I mean, this week, I am. my lock is going to be the Seahawks over the Niners because I mean, we the saw Niners. last week the Niners. Uh, Panthers didn't play great, but we still beat them 23-3. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, my upset is going to be the Vikings over the Steelers. Somehow that's still an upset. Really? But yeah, mm, okay. I, I, I think the Steelers are favored in this game, but I really think that Sam Bradford's going to continue his hot streak. I mean, Antonio Brown, he might have maybe a hundred yards against Xavier Rhodes, one of the best corners in the mm-hmm. league, but uh, top 10 pick from Florida state a couple years back. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, 
I think Minnesota wins this one, though. Okay, so I went one and one last week. Okay. I was almost right with the Bears beating the Falcons. I was very close. I was very close. And of course, yeah. I was right about the Panthers beating the 49ers. Uh, we also need to predict the Panthers' record throughout the season. I'm assuming you've picked the Panthers to win, so we're both 1 0 picking Panthers yep. games. Yep. My lock of the week this week is the Raiders beating the Jets Agree. because it's the Jets and they, they don't have a quarterback. I could play quarterback for the Jets. And I mean, I would probably die on the NFL field, but I could still play quarterback for a couple of snaps. Okay. And my upset this week is the Browns beating the Ravens. I also agree with that. I really, really liked what I saw from Deshaun Kaiser. And even more, I liked what I saw from the Cleveland defense without Miles Garrett. I honestly, I disagree about Kaiser, but I loved Cleveland's defense on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Kaiser actually, while he only threw one interception, he did have two total touchdowns. He took seven sacks, including two to TJ okay. Watt, the brother. But, I mean, I'm looking for improvement. Obviously, the Ravens don't have the pass rush of Pittsburgh. But I do I do agree with you. I do think the Browns are going to beat the Ravens this Ravens, week. Ravens uh, shut out the Bengals. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like that that's Yeah, red rifle. I felt goodness gracious. John's <laughs> redheaded for the people that can't see John right now. Uh yeah, I have red hair, so does Andy Dalton. I mean, he threw five interceptions. Do you really want so. to associate yourself with Andy Dalton right yeah, now? Yeah, I do John? actually. He he delomed on Sunday. He oh, pulled my a Jake DeLome. Wow. Speaking of DeLome, let's talk some Panthers. Um, yeah, 23 to 3 on Sunday against the 49ers. What's your first reaction to that? My first reaction was that was an ugly game to watch. That was a very ugly game. Cam Newton was rusty. He was missing open receivers. We were feeding Christian McCaffrey like he was starving out of the Sahara Desert and hadn't eaten for years. I like McCaffrey a lot. Steph Curry actually weighed in on this because he was at the game because yeah. it's over in San yeah. Francisco. And I just wanted the offense to feed McCaffrey. When I saw 13 carries and uh, uh, like four, five passes out of the backfield, I don't have a problem with that. I just think it should have been more natural within the flow of the offense. Benjamin had one catch. Olsen had two catches. That's a big no if we're going to beat good football teams. The defense was amazing. It was Brian Hoyer, but they still stopped him uh, four times on three times on fourth down, kept him out of the end zone. Carlos Hyde's a good running back. But I'll tell you my favorite thing from this game. My favorite thing was the fact that we got the ball at the one-yard line versus a defense we had not been able to run the ball on previously throughout the whole game. It was 8.30 left. We ran out the entire clock without throwing a single pass versus a competent rushing defense. That was my favorite thing to watch on Sunday. Yeah, that was really good. I, I think at that point we had really worn the defense down just by running the ball so much. I agree with you. I think McCaffrey, he was force-fed a little bit. I don't want to see him burned out by the end of the year, really. But, I mean, I really I think, think his fantasy value is up. The fact, I was afraid they wouldn't use him enough. Like, if you're a fantasy owner with Christian McCaffrey, yeah. feel very good. This guy is going to be used well, a still, lot. He still only had 80, 83 yards on 18 touches. But, I mean, I'm really looking for Olsen to get more involved in the offense. I'm really looking for Kelvin Benjamin, who honestly was the reason that Cam threw an interception early. I mean, oh, okay, my goodness. that was an incredible catch by the safety but still, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin gotta gotta go up and get it. He's six foot. He was six. running full stride away from the ball. Like that's what you do. You can't stop and mid like just stop and jump and turn around. Yeah. It so, was a go route. So the one time Cam doesn't overthrow his receiver, the receiver overruns the route. Uh it's not Kelvin Benjamin doesn't overrun routes. Cam missed a little bit. But that's fine. We won the game. Yeah, Cam's a little rusty. I think, um, I mean, Completed we saw his him. last nine passes. Oh, yeah. No, he looked great mm-hmm. in the second half. I really expect, I mean, I felt like the first half was almost like a preseason game yeah, for him. Yeah, same. Yeah, just, um, you know, working out some kinks. I 
I think he's going to do fine this week in Buffalo. He missed uh, Ed Dixon in the end zone on yeah. one particular pass. But, I mean, it didn't affect the overall outcome of the game, so I'm not particularly worried and at he this didn't, point. And he didn't try to win the game too much. He, he, he exactly. didn't try he too hard. He let it come to him. He exactly. only rushed two times. He didn't really need to rush. Except one third down, and he got the first down. Yeah, he got the first down. Didn't that's, take a hit. That's exactly what you need to do. And his shoulder still isn't 100%. I know it sounds like an excuse, but it's not. Anyway, coming up this week, they're playing the Bills. Uh, a couple things to look for is that's the return of Sean McDermott, a defensive coordinator for Carolina, a really underrated guy. I hate that he has to lose to us this week, but, you know, I, re- I really liked him. I think Buffalo has about 10 uh, players or staff or coaching staff members that um, were on the Panthers either the last one or two seasons. I mean, they signed Joe Webb, who we cut after the preseason, so... I mean, I expect them to understand a lot of what we're going to do. I just think we're going to outperform. We have more talent than yeah. they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cutting Joe Webb was a mistake. I, I don't understand that. And then we picked Brad Kaya out of Miami. I mean, Miami. they do have Mike Tolbert. So, I mean, it'll be good Tolbert to see him in Carolina. Tolbert got a touchdown uh, fantasy value last week. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Tolbert's, Tolbert's a, a good fullback. I mean, we miss him in Carolina. but Tolbert's yeah, look, my dad's favorite player. He doesn't really care about football. But whenever Tolbert scored and danced, I mean, that just made my dad really happy, like, watching that. So we have the trivia question, and we haven't told this until now, but Stephen from Raleigh called during the break and answer, correctly answered the trivia question. He's been a loyal listener of WKNC for over 30 years, and he called in. Appreciate you, Stephen, for correctly answering the trivia question and listening to us. John, what, what's the answer? I'm just on the edge of my seat with not knowing. <laughs> Well, the answer, of course, is uh, the late Lorenzo Charles. Um, I mean, if you've seen the play, you saw he went up and got. If you've been was... alive, you've seen the play. Of course, yeah. NC State I mean, fan. that was one of the greatest. I will say, okay, it's one of the top five greatest upsets in college basketball history. You see, Lorenzo Ooh, Charles. I have some basketball knowledge. We can talk about this okay, next week. We'll talk about it later. But um, Lorenzo Charles going up to get that missed shot that some would call a pass, dunk it at home. That's. Honestly, one of the greatest moments in sports. And then, of course, Jim Valvano running around, running looking around for a the hug. court, looking yeah. for a hug, man. Uh, that, uh, yeah. Fond memories. I like ending the show on this note. Yeah. Well, John, it's good. It's been a pleasure this week. It has, week. too. I had a lot of fun. I think this has been our best show so far. We talked about just about everything. We still had more to talk about. I love that we have all this content. Listeners, appreciate you listening, taking time out of your day to listen to us talk about sports. Hopefully we made your day better. Hopefully we'll you. see you next week, too. Yeah, next week. We're going to be back, and we're going to be live, and it's going to be at 5 p.m. on Wednesday. Same place, same station. John, I'll see you then. See you then, Benjamin. This is Pack His Life Sports Show on 88.1 WKNC. Have a great day.